0: Hi guys, welcome to episode five of virtual chats. Um, In today's interview, I have spoken to Dr. Terry Simpson. Now Dr. Simpson is a world renowned weight loss surgeon and a culinary medicine guru. He has helped hundreds of people lose weight and keep it off, primarily by using a Mediterranean diet. Without giving away too much, I would appreciate if you take some time out of your day to watch this video, because I believe it can be highly beneficial for someone that wants to lose weight and keep it off long-term. So without any further ado, let's get into the video. And if you enjoyed it, give it a big thumbs up and subscribe, and I hope you learned a thing or two. What's your advice for a typical female that's in her 20s or 30s, you know, about 50 pounds overweight. um, What would be your starting point?
1: I'd start to say, start to begin to find the things that you can incorporate into your life with this. Mm -hmm. Incorporating more fruits, more vegetables. And even if it's simple stuff, like changing from regular pasta to whole wheat pasta, changing from, uh, instead of uh, having, um, I don't know, some crazy cereal that you buy over the counter, maybe having some fruit for breakfast or something like that. A couple of simple choices doing that. And the other thing would be to start involving in some good physical activity because one of the things we all lack.
0: Exercise. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And everybody has to figure out what they like because some of it's boring. And once again, health coaches will tell you their way is the only way, right? I mean, have you ever noticed? I I don't know how much TikTok you watch. But have you ever noticed that the health coaches never wear their shirts? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They all are these muscle bound young kids usually, and they never wear their shirts. And they're all saying you should, you know, this is the way. And it's not like, well, when you're in your twenties and can spend five hours a day in the gym and that's your job, you're going to have a different result than someone who is in their twenties and working and has 50 pounds and is trying to do something else. So I often say, find something that you can do for activity that you turn out you love. Now that might be gardening. Mm-hmm. That's an activity. It might be yoga, which is mm-hmm. my personal favorite. Yeah. Um, but find something that's just active, that gets you out of yourself, out of your sphere and doing that. And that's yep. the place to start. So simple changes in diet, going toward more whole, less processed food, get rid of the hyper-processed food and some activity. Um, okay. I find, what I'm, I find walking is boring. I just do. And I live in a beautiful part of the world. I mean, it's beautiful to walk around here. It's just boring to me, but I can sit in a hot, sweaty yoga studio all day and be very, very happy. I can't mm-hmm. do it all day, but very happy after
0: yep. that. Wow. Okay. I feel as though the whole fitness industry is very kind of toxic. Like, I don't want to get into it too much, but you know, you've got people all over Instagram, TikTok, who are trying to push their agenda that you need to count, you know, calories and high protein and hitting the gym twice per day. Do you think that social media norms around health and fitness are actually destroying people's uh, confidence, like in particular, like people in their twenties, because you're quite highly impressionable.
1: So you, you are, and, and, you know, but we've always had this issue in the world. Mm -hmm. We've always had the issue of what does the ideal man or woman look like? Yeah, and and yes, you will find health coaches. I'm picking on them. I know who will, but they have no training in nutrition. They have no knowledge. They have this much training, and putting my fingers out like about two inches, and then they apply that to everybody. Like I saw one guy that was saying, all you have to do is have reduction of calories, and you can eat anything you want. And it's like. You can anything you want, but the accumulation of that is not good for your long-term health, you know? Whereas I can show you abundant literature, hundreds and hundreds of, hundreds, hundreds of articles, you know, mm-hmm. showing this is what happens to people when they eat these things. And, and I get accused of you're your instilling fear that people can't have their chips. It's like, I'm not saying they can't have their chips. I'm saying eat these healthy things first. So yes, we have a lot of misinformation and we have a lot of body image problems. Oh, yes. And I think that, and I think that, you should ask my older patients about body image. Okay. My dad is ninety-six years old. No way. He's ninety-six. He's just happy he has a body that's healthy and working. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what counts. When you're healthy and working, it's fine. And if you go to a gym and overdo it, you can hurt yourself. Uh-huh. Right. You can, And if you start eating crap because you think I'm working out and I can eat this you're going to hurt yourself. So we have these extremes of bad dietary information. So I think that it's easy to it's easy to make logical sense of any diet, right? Like the carnivore diet. You can make a logical sense out of it. What you really want is people who aren't pushing their own agenda like, you know, you want someone that's not selling you at some point I'm going to sell a book. I mean, I have books, but I'll be happy to sell a book. But who aren't trying to sell that as much as they're trying to say, this is what the literature shows and who are also willing to change, right? Yeah. So what would happen? Let me give you an example. I have a very good friend of mine who's on TikTok who I've never met. He's just down the street from me in LA. Big guy, he's in his 50s, been working out since he was. And he says, when I was in the gym, when I was in my 20s, we all talked about nutrition. People today in their 20s all talk about selling powder. I think we had it better when we were talking about nutrition.
0: I see what you mean.
1: And I think that's the problem. So if someone's selling you something, whether it's they're selling you, take coaching from me, take weight training from me, take whatever from me, you have to be skeptical of what they're selling, of what, their, what their deal is. Um, and I think it's a healthy skepticism, but really we have But like I said, it could all change tomorrow. We could find some new research that says this is the best diet or that's the best diet, but we've got some pretty good stuff out there now. The two books that I'm working on currently, one is an updated book about the Mediterranean diet. And uh, that book not only is just sort of eat this stuff, but it's also a lot of the food myths that occur today because we're filled with myths of food, tons of myths up there. Peanut butter is bad. It's like well, it can be, or it can be a great nutrient. It's not, you know, um, that's like saying anything is bad. Um, and then the other book I'm working on is about a healthcare system in Alaska that I've been working on for a little while, but I'm involved with it. So those are two current books that I'm working on, which my, 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 my editors and publishers are always saying that I, I should spend less time on TikTok and more time writing, but TikTok <laughs> is too much fun.
0: Um. All right. So, where can people find your books online?
1: Probably at Amazon or whatever mm-hmm. things they can probably find them there. Um, but again, like I said, those are sort of a little dated at this point, and uh, the, the newer ones when they come out will be a lot more updated. And than... I'm pretty sure that if you buy them, I make fifty cents on every book that you buy. <laughs> so when it comes out, please buy a million of them so okay. I can make you know fifty. 50- half a million dollars um <laughs> but uh, and, and you know you never sell that many books but the idea is to have be able to have a good source of information for exactly. people out there there's a lot of people trying to sell you stuff on there and there's a lot of people on there with a notion however good or bad and then they'll stick with that notion so it's hard to sort of separate that out so it's mm-hmm. kind of but it you know but it's turned out to be for me anyway, a good medium. And I think that people like the information perspective from science and nutritional literature as opposed to the ice cream diet. I just made up the ice cream diet and this is good, you know? (laughs) And it's fun because I give some of the history of some diets too. Mm. So do you know what the first diet was that showed you could have good result with blood pressure uh, and heart failure ever in the world? It was the rice and fruit diet. Now that drives really? keto. Yes, it was dead in the 1940s. They took So in the 1940s, congestive heart failure, secondary to hypertension, kidney disease was a six month death set. So that's worse than pancreatic cancer is today. Okay, that's how bad it was. Our president, Franklin Delano Roosevelt died of in 1945. So these people had about a six month. So this guy by the name of Walter Kempner, who was uh, an immigrant, was a Duke and came up with this rice and fruit diet because he was a nephrologist, a kidney doctor, and wanted to not put stress on the kidneys and found that people, when they adhered to this, lost tremendous amounts of weight and they improved their diabetes, they improved their heart failure, they improved all these things. Now, some of them still died, some of them still got worse. I'm not advocating the rice and fruit diet, but it's an interesting bit of history because that was the first. And again, drives keto people crazy because they say oh that's (laughs) terrible their diabetes will get worse and this is like well this is just what happened this the world doesn't work because you think you know how it works Mm -hmm. it's different you know
0: i didn't know that that's amazing wow the rice and fruit diet
1: yeah it's and and for a while it was the darling of hollywood so we had some hollywood stars in the 60s comedian named shecky green was one another Mm -hmm. guy by the name of uh, Lauren Michaels, who started a show called Bonanza, he went to. So they would go to these rice houses and they would spend, you know, weeks there eating rice and fruit, which is God, a boring diet. Again, it's not one we <laughs> recommend today, but it's a, it's of historical interest, and it just shows that our notions about food and how the body works typically aren't as good as we think they are.
0: You're right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um- so high intensity working out and frequently, is that kind of okay in the long-term or would you only suggest that for the short-term?
1: You know, I think the data is unclear because everybody's a little different, right? Mm. So while you may have a body that works well for that, you may also have a body that doesn't and you have to a be trained well in how you're doing it, because if you have a misalignment, you will be in trouble. 100%. B, you have to have the body that can do it. It's just like there are bodies of people who are great for marathon runners, right? And then there are people who try to become marathon runners and hurt themselves. So it's not for everybody. And the first key is find somebody who is going to spend the time with you or pay somebody to spend the time with you, do it and make sure you like it. Because if you don't like it, going to a gym when it's torture is just torture. Mm-hmm. I mean so there are many other there's so many things you can do out there with physical activity. I mean let's say you decide you like rowing, you can you know get a little canoe and go rowing around or a kayak if you like that if you like hiking, you can go hiking mm. you know i mean there's plenty of of activities you can do and you don't have to necessarily pay for them
0: yeah, that's a very good uh point um How do we tackle the obesity epidemic? Where do we start?
1: I think that's a really tough question because mm. we have two competing interests. Mm. One, we have to feed a hungry planet. We're gonna have yep. nine billion people on the planet shortly.
0: Yep, that, that's true.
1: It's pretty hard to have whole foods for that many people. It just is. Because growing them and growing them is not hard, storing them is hard. So the reason we can feed a fifth of the world rice is because we can store it with white polished rice, but we remove, you know, like the thiamine from it and a lot of the fiber from it. So we have to learn more about taking our processed foods and, ref- and supplementing them, not with vitamins or weird supplements, but supplementing them with things that are packable, portable, and good. This is the problem they have in the space station. This is the problem that uh, people had when they started leaving the old world of being out on ships for time. They had to learn what foods that they could eat to prevent things like scurvy, or berry berry. And that's a big problem. So we have to redefine how we look at foods. So and we have to convince the food companies to do the same. Now, some things they can't change, but some things they can. And we also have to be be conscious, I think, of our sources of foods. So let me give you my 30-second vegan talk. I okay. appreciate I appreciate people who don't want to hurt animals, right? I mean, I have a dog. I love dogs. I wouldn't want to eat him. He might be tasty, but I, you know. (laughs) Um, But I also, but I buy my meats from people who raise them well and take care of the animals and treat them in a manner that provides their good stewards. I do that, so I'm supporting that industry. If I were a vegan, I'm opting out of that market economy. Exactly. And so when we look at feeding a hungry planet and the obesity epidemic, we have to reward food companies that are going to say, instead of giving you this highly cal- high caloric foods, we're going to change the content. We're going to try and put more fructoglycans in them. we're going to try and get them, make them better for you as opposed to make them better for us to sell and easier to process and those are the companies as they come up we need to reward
0: i see so you don't agree with veganism
1: i don't agree or disagree with it i just think that it's not for me because i like i think that i i like the spirit of of how they want to treat creatures because i think that treating creatures badly is bad Mm -hmm. but i think that If you if you like eating meat and don't like the way of eating creatures, then maybe you ought to think about supporting those producers that do it in a way that you would find as a good steward. Because one of the things that I have on my TikTok channel are all these animals being killed in Africa, lions going after wildebeests and all that, pythons and alligators. And I think, you know, nature's nature's kind of cruel out there, you know, it is.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And in Australia, everything's trying to kill you, isn't it?
0: Oh, we've got the snakes. We've got the spiders. We have goannas. We have kangaroos. We have, yeah, it's it's crazy over here. It's just crazy. All right. Um, so people can find you online. So you've got a TikTok channel.
1: I've got a you've, TikTok channel. Yeah. I'm on Twitter. I'm on mm-hmm. Facebook. You know, all the usual suspects. Probably Instagram too. Yeah.
0: Okay, perfect. Yeah. So people can find you online. And if people want to talk to you, um, where should they go?
1: They can talk to me at any. I try very, very hard. It's getting mm-hmm. harder to do this, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, get, I try very hard to answer all of the questions. Uh, not always, you know. I don't always answer all of the comments. And if someone comes in and trolls my page, I'm just as I'm just as likely to delete and block them as anything. Um, I used to try and answer and argue, and then I realized I don't have enough time in my life for that. Um, but I will answer any questions that are sincere on there. I try very hard to get to them and. Uh, and, you know, so I'm pretty, I try to, I try hard to be a good citizen.
0: That's good. If people from Australia are considering weight loss surgery, can you help them or you have to be over there?
1: You know, Australia has a really good group of weight loss surgeons down there. Um, okay, and like I who. think it's, well, I don't know your name. I know some the names of some of them who come to mm-hmm. the United States, like George Fielding who's now in New York. Um, but there was an entire group of uh, people who were in australia some of whom like i said came to the united states and have parked themselves here but we always have a lot of good members of our international weight loss society from australia weight loss surgery is covered under your health plan so people who have weight loss issues there are you know you have a plethora of really, really good surgeons that are down there. You don't have to come to the United States to mm-hmm. have that done. Um, in fact, uh, some of the first work with lap bands was done in Australia. Um, you know that's become less popular these days, but yeah, you have a really good group of folks down there. So you don't you don't need to travel to the U.S. if you if you come up here. I'll be happy to I'll be happy to say hi and, and share wine, but uh, you know, uh, stay local okay. for your surgery
0: good to know all right well pleasure are uh, talking and so yeah thank you very much doctor thank you
1: you can email me anytime any questions no okay.
0: problem thank you very much
1: yeah, but thank you, Talk all to right, you right see here. you
0: later bye
1: see you in greece with wine
0: yes bye. <laughs>